0: Hey, this is Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. Uh, The the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world of the world within. And so, you see, the man who is going by the external world, by the influences of the external world, say, society, or perceptions, sense perceptions, thinks that he he is more valid. Don't relate yourself to any person, anything, any idea. Tell me. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. If this is not your first time listening, and if this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome. So today I want to talk about men and their initiation into manhood and how the initiation into manhood that we have from being a child, being a teen, to becoming an adult actually leaves us to sacrifice very, very vital and essential parts of who we are. And through that, we end up losing our ability to connect with other people, to empathize with their experience. But we also lose the ability to process our own emotions because we're disconnected from ourselves, end up becoming disconnected to our own feminine aspects. And through that, we go through a deep, deep wounding that's like on three layers. There's like three wounds we experience. And from that, we have these blocks and For me, these blocks make up the state of masculinity today. But these blocks are also the reason why women seem to be further ahead than men in terms of consciousness, in terms of emotional development, in terms of emotional maturity. And for me, I want to just illustrate some of the reasons that that is happening and how we as men Can continue to evolve, but the sacrifice that we have to make in order to really progress, like what that really requires and will take of us. And so in this conversation, I will definitely be talking about patriarchy and focusing on patriarchal systems and culture. So anyone listening that is not masculine dominant, this definitely, definitely applies to you because we're each influenced by the system that we live in. And I always say this, but patriarchy is that final boss. Like when we recognize that we are all under this system, we don't need to be fighting between each other. We don't need to be against each other. If there was a target, if there was an enemy, it would be the patriarchy. It would be capitalism. So when we can come together, when we can finally unite, when we can set aside our differences, We work together to attack, to face this system. Yeah, I always try to communicate that as clearly as I can. Like anything I say throughout my conversations, throughout the things that I unpack, it's to bring us closer. It's for feminine dominant people to understand masculine dominant people more but masculine dominant people to also empathize with the experience of how they oppress, how they affect why the work that they're not doing, right? Affects their partners, affects the people they love. So just so we can have a clear understanding of where each each of us are, because when we can't understand the stories of other people, we can understand the things that led them to do what they do. We then also can't empathize with their experience, right? And when we can't empathize with people's experience, we're also disconnected, right? So we don't have the opportunity to really engage. We're, we're, we're not really seeing them for who they are. And when we do that, we also isolate them. And that isolation, that condemning, right? When we condemn them, that gives more life to their conditioning, that gives more life to their stories. What I try to do is best in my conversations on this podcast, is to bridge those spaces where people, one group of people, don't see why another group of people is behaving a certain way. So that as my responsibility to, because I can see the gaps of awareness that are left in between, to kind of just bridge that space so that we can each understand each other a little bit more and the struggles that we're also going through on an internal level that aren't really being discussed. These aren't conversations that are happening all of the time. So let's just jump right into it. So, men in ancient times and even in indigenous cultures till today are initiated into manhood, right? So, they have a rite of passage. They kind of go through. I know everyone has heard the stories of kids that reach a certain age, let's say 16, they go outside into the woods. Sometimes, in certain cultures, they give them a certain plant medicine, right? And they give them that plant medicine and they say, go into the forest. And if that 16 year old comes back from that trip inside of the forest late at night on this plant medicine or whatever it is, he's then a man, right? Some cultures have different rites of passage, some level, different levels of initiation, right? So, where there are a certain set of elders or a certain set of men that have evolved their masculinity, have evolved as men, and so they assume the responsibility of preparing other men, other boys. For what comes with being a man, the responsibilities to stress, all of the things that that includes. In today's modern world, we really don't have those initiations. And, you know, I'm happy to see that there are certain groups of men that form and take on that responsibility. Like Sacred Sons on Instagram does initiations where they initiate, they create environments to initiate men into manhood right? And men's groups and other groups that I've seen also doing the same thing, helping teenage boys get ready for manhood, preparing them, initiating them into what that all entails. So that's happening in some spaces, but who really initiates a man into manhood is his father. So the father is responsible for initiating a man into manhood, teaching him about the responsibilities that he needs to be ready for. Loving a woman, having children, building a family, taking care of a home, becoming successful in his life, pursuing his passions, finding his purpose. All of those things a father is responsible for. That's his role in the child's life. But we don't have fathers that do that. I wanted to have this conversation on my podcast around Father's Day, but my own difficult emotions came up on that day because I didn't have a father. I was raised by my uncle, but my father had passed away when I was five or seven. I don't even know when, but I don't even know what he looks like. I only have one picture of him that I got from my mother just two or three years ago. So two or three years ago was my first time actually seeing his face. I don't recall who he was, nothing like that. So this This experience that I had is one that many men share, and a lot of women also share. So, as a collective, we have a deep father wound where there's a lack of the father presence, right? And that fatherly presence doesn't just include financial support, it includes that level of, hey, this is your initiation into manhood. Or the daughter is where he embodies a level of safety for the daughter. So, he sets the standard, he sets the bar for the men that she will engage with in her adult life, in her teen life, whatever it is. He sets that bar. He sets that standard. This is how a man should treat you. This is how a man loves you. This is how a man will speak to you. He sets that standard. He's responsible for that. And I'd have already spoken to what he's responsible to the son. So this isn't really happening in families. This isn't really happening on a large scale. It's happening, let's say, in you know, some fortunate families to where that fatherly presence is there, but that fatherly presence just isn't there. It's felt, right? He's not just there around the house, you know, coming back from work, whatever it is. But he's felt like he's actively participating in what the kids are into. He, the kids, know him on a deep emotional level as well. They know his experiences. They know who he is at his core. A lot of people can't say they have that. So we have a deep, deep father wound. And because of the lack of this father presence, that this, what I would see is an embodied fatherly presence. But what we have is the emotionally avoidant father, right? The father that is distant, the father that is not present, the father that is either abusive to the child or the abusive to the mother or both. So because of that, men are not initiated into manhood. So what is really happening is that because men, there are some men that do have their fathers in their lives, but the thing that's happening in these homes, the thing that's happening is that men aren't being initiated into manhood by their fathers. They're being socialized by their fathers to one devalue women, to belittle women, to even belittle and devalue their own mothers, right? Right. So through this, the child is learning misogyny, how to be an agent of the patriarchy, how to oppress women, how to dominate over others, right? He's learning this directly by viewing what his father is doing. And when his father is speaking to him about girls, he's praising the fact that he's in relationships with women, but he's not really talking to him about, hey, this is what you do when you have a woman that you love. This is how you treat her. This is how you speak to her. This is how you properly pursue a woman, right? This is how you take a woman out on a date, right? These are the things that you ask when you're on your first date. This is how you provide for a woman. Hey, let me teach you about consent. That is the responsibility of a father, but children, young boys are not being taught this. They're being taught the opposite, So men are having their first beers with their father and that's being celebrated, right? So they're learning to also give into this man box to where it's like, oh, like I'm supposed to be drinking beer. Like as a man, this is something I'm going to really enjoy. This is authentic for me. This is what it means to be a man, to watch football, to enjoy sports, to scream at each other and compete between each other, to see other men as competition, right? So what I'm learning is what, it means to be a man by viewing my father. But this messaging isn't just coming from him. It's coming from society. It's coming from the media I'm consuming, right? So everything is reinforcing this kind of messaging. So what do I then assume as a child? Oh, this is what it means to be a man. And these are the things that I need to do. These are the things I need to embody to be considered a man. Because what do do I want as a child? What do I want as a teenager, as somebody that's coming into the world? I want to belong. I want belonging. It's an essential human uh, need for me, is to feel like I belong to something greater than myself. And as a man, what is that? A brotherhood, a community of men that I can consider my brothers. So what happens for boys, young boys and teens, is that they recognize that there are parts of themselves that aren't actually welcomed in this brotherhood. And those parts of themselves are the ones that are sensitive, right? Connected to their emotions, are vulnerable, are open, are loving, are curious about other people's experience. So as a child, as a young boy, what I then realize is that I have to give these parts of myself up. I have to betray them. I have to sacrifice them. Because... I want to belong to this pack. I want to belong to this brotherhood. I want to be welcomed. I want to be a part of this. In order to be that, I have to let go of these parts of myself. And it's only when I become an adult that I realize I made the wrong decision. That these parts were vital to me. These parts were essential to my being. And only later will I then suffer the consequences of sacrificing those parts of myself for a system. It wasn't a brotherhood. It was a system that only looked to serve itself, that never, never once intended to serve me. And this is why so many men are lonely. Like beneath all of the success, beneath all of the personas they assume, beneath all of the riches, beneath all of the accomplishments, a lot of men are lonely inside. But the reason that they're lonely inside is because they know that whatever persona they've then assumed to be considered a man, whatever mask they've been wearing their whole lives to be considered a man is a facade. It's not real. It's not authentic. But yet this facade is being praised by everyone, right? So this is kind of like loneliness that happens because who people love, who people adore, who people respect, isn't even the real you, The real you is beneath all of those masks. And there's a part of you that knows that, that has never unseen that truth, that has saw you give up those authentic parts of yourself to be considered a man in this world. There's a part of you that has never, never not known that. So through doing this, through giving up those parts of ourselves, what happens is any self-image, any identity we assume any self-worth that we then create for ourselves is, it's never one that's authentic. Because what we're building it on, the foundation we're creating that on, is one that isn't real. It's one that's disgenuine. So anything built on top of that is always going to crumble. Is never going to feel real to you. Like the identity, the personality you assume is not going to feel real to you. There's a part of you that's going to be like, wow, is this really me? Like there's a part of me that feels disconnected from who everyone praises, who everyone loves. There's a part of me that's gonna feel disconnected from that, even though they think it's me. So I mentioned in my previous episodes that men either become really entitled, right? They become that asshole that's like super entitled to everything in the world, or they become that nice guy that's just like feels undeserving of anything, right? A woman's attention. So they people-please, they become that nice guy. They embody that nice guy energy because they don't feel deserving of people's respect. They don't feel deserving of a woman's love and affection, right? So both of these are not coming from a healthy level of confidence. They're actually not even confident. Neither one of them are confident. But what happens is when we create the image of ourselves when we start to develop into manhood we lose our sense of self so this is why men have a very fragile sense of self it's like fragile as shit the fragility of the male ego this is why is because where they built their self-identity was on a foundation that was never even real they abandoned themselves to uphold a system that was never going to serve them So anytime they experience rejection, abandonment, whatever it may be, criticism, they're being pointed to that place of grief. That's why when men are rejected, they're like, holy shit, this hurts like a motherfucker. Like this shit hurts. This shit cuts deep. And it's because yourself, your image of yourself, that you're then presenting to the world that is not real, that you've sacrificed so much to embody, to become. Now that's rejected. What you're sitting with is the fact that, wait, I gave up all of the parts of me that were real, all of the parts of me that were authentic and genuine for this fucking system, only to experience rejection, only to not feel whole, only for the parts of myself that are approved now, to not even feel real. Like that approval doesn't feel real. That validation doesn't even feel real. It's so fleeting. So this is why when men really get into this work, they go through a deep gate of grief because they mourn the parts of themselves that they gave up and sacrifice to be considered a man in this world. They paid a hefty, hefty price to be seen as one of the guys So when all of this crumbles away, right? All of the facades, all of the masks, they crack. So then you realize that who you really are, your authentic masculine expression is on the other side of the persona, the personality, the mask that you wear to be considered a man in this world. It's on the other side of that. So, a man then has to stop belonging to this pack. He has to let go of it and then experience a deep state of loneliness for a period of time until he can find those that are true, truly embodied men and then form a brotherhood with them. So, through that period, it's very, very difficult because once you stop belonging, To this pack, these agents of the patriarchy, that's what they are. They're not real men. They're not strong men. They are agents of the patriarchy. They are in favor. They're promoting it. They're encouraging it. They're slaves to it because they they have some level of privilege and benefit that they think they're experiencing. But that privilege and benefit isn't really a privilege or a benefit because look at the rates, look at the suicide rates of men. The patriarchy is not serving you. If you haven't heard me talk about how patriarchy doesn't serve men, listen to my other episodes. But there will be a period where it will be difficult to break free from that pack. Because once you realize, like, hey, I want to respect my wife, I want to respect my partner, I want to really love them in the way that I know I can, you'll then be called a simp. So you'll be bullied. You'll be constantly bullied. Because what's happening is that they're trying to pull you back into the pack. They're showing you that, hey, are you trying to reclaim those parts of yourself that you let go of? Yeah, that's not a good idea. Stay here. Stay as you are. Keep the mask on. Keep the persona on, right? So you have to be brave. This is where the courage really comes in. You really have to have that courage. You really have to channel that strength to be able to pass through those layers of pain. To where you're hearing other men call you a simp, tell you like, oh my God, like you're really treating your girl with respect, bro. Like, what are you, a bitch? There are periods to where the things you'll be saying about the state of masculinity, and how men are showing up, you won't be approved. You won't be validated in. You'll be rejected. You'll be disrespected. Men might even abuse you, harm you, because you're going against the programming Right? Why are you going against the programming? When you start going against the programming, you're going to receive a lot of pushback. But you have to pass through that because on the other side of that is a em- more embodied but strong version of yourself. Because all of those other men, they're fragile. They can collapse at any minute. Right? And they are collapsing. There's nothing they're standing on. They're not standing on anything real. When you break through those barriers, you'll really be strong. You'll have a sense of self that is actually rooted in something real, which is who you really are, your core. The whole picture I just painted is the initiation into manhood, the actual initiation into manhood. Then now we find ourselves in. So you see, this is deep work. And this is why men really need it. But because we're not being initiated into manhood by our fathers, Guess who's initiating us into manhood? Our women. Our women have become our initiators. They are the ones that teach us how to love a woman, how to pursue them, how to treat them with respect, how to speak to them. They're the ones that are initiating us now. To be honest, it is only in this relationship that I'm in now with my partner that I actually learned consent. It's, wow, that actually trips me out that I've never been taught what consent is. I remember one day we were talking, we were just having a very constructive conversation, and she was like, do you know what ongoing consent is? And I was like, nah, what's that? And she told me. And it's when you actively check in, when you actively ask, like, hey, how is this for you? Do you want to continue? If I do this, how did you feel? Do you want that? Did that hurt? this kind of like moment by moment check-in, not seeing consent as like one whole thing to where it's like, oh, because we're in a relationship, I have consent. Or, oh, because you said yes to me 30 minutes ago, I have consent to do A, B, and C. It's like, no, consent is a moment by moment thing that you check in on and you ask your partner, hey, do you want to continue? Right? It's just constantly checking in moment by moment before you try something new, before you, you know, whatever it is, you switch up. And I was like, wow, like, I've never, ever heard that. I I, I never w- was taught that. And even now that I'm thinking about it, it's so sad. You know, and I wonder how many men have never learned what ongoing or active consent is. But how many women, my woman is different. She's literally built different. So she has that level of confidence, that level of, we have that level of safety to where she can teach me these things. She can tell me these things and she know I won't like push back or be upset or, you know, get verbally abusive. She has that safety to communicate these things, to teach me that in a safe space. Most relationships aren't that way. Women don't feel that level of safety to tell their man like, hey, there's a thing called active ongoing consent and you're not doing it. This is how you do it. A lot of women can't say they feel that level of safety to teach their man that because he'll start feeling less of himself. He'll start being verbally abusive. He might even be physically abusive. Who knows? Because men are operating from this fragile sense of self. So that level of safety really isn't even there for them to communicate that. But it blows my mind. The fact that I had to learn this from my partner through mistakes. Like I had to mess up a couple of times before I learned this. And I was supposed to learn that with my own father. My father was supposed to teach me that. So this is what I mean by men today are now initiated by their partners, by their woman. Because there are no fathers to do that for them. Women are the ones that can see a man's development, can see the heights he can rise to, can see the king within him, and actually start bringing that out of him, right? If she's if she's that kind of woman, all women are really that kind of woman. But the thing is, is, the man determines which expression of herself she continues to embody, right? A woman has all of these archetypes, she's able to access all of these energies, but they can be restricted by the type of man she's with. She can operate in a more people-pleasing, kind of nurturing energy that isn't really bringing out the fullness and the wildness and the power of who she is. Because her man is restricting those aspects of herself for his own comfort, right? for his own gratification. So what I'm saying is that all women are really built like this. But it's always about that. Safety is always a determining factor. But I've been blessed to have a woman That communicated that with me. And so many other things that I'm like, wow, I wish I knew this before we got into our relationship. And the same for her. She wished she knew things from her mother that she was taught before she got into our relationship. But what I'm saying is that there's just a loss and there's a deep collective mother and father wound. Because even what makes the mother a great mother is a supportive father. And that determines how well she raises her children, how well she nurtures the home, how well she nurtures each child, how she can show up. Because she's always going to be pouring in to the children. She's always gonna be pouring into the home. But if nobody is pouring into her, nobody's encouraging her, telling her how great she's doing, loving her, right? Telling her how wonderful she looks, after a day of working eight hours and being in the kitchen all day, right? Nobody's celebrating her in that way. Yeah, you'll start to see her embody different qualities that are like, whoa, mom, like, why are you treating me like this? Why are you speaking to me like this? Why are you so terrifying in this moment or controlling or smothering? Whatever it is, because nobody is pouring into her. She's giving her all into this family, into this relationship, into this home. But nobody is giving her their all right the kids are just there to be kids but the partner the father the man he's he's supposed to hold down that position right so we just have a lot of a lot of collective collective wounding that needs to be repaired but it's just we need to tackle it on so many so many levels so what i would say to the men listening is that there is a place there is a space that you have to go to inside of yourself, where you really feel, like take responsibility for your emotions, like start to reclaim your sensitivity. It's what makes you alive. It's what allows you to feel. It's what allows you to feel connected to other people. So allows you to connect to yourself deeper. So until you reclaim your sensitivity, until you reclaim that part of yourself, you won't be ready to face these other wounds because you can numb yourself from them. So reclaim your sensitivity. There's nothing weak about being sensitive to life. There's nothing weak about that. It's a strength. Look how many people don't know how to feel. Something that's that easy to do, to numb yourself out, shouldn't be considered a strength. So the ability to feel, now that is a strength. The ability to feel connected to others, that's a strength. The ability to empathize with another person's experience, that is a strength. So we have to first restructure how we view these things that we've been told are really masculine qualities. So once you do that, it's important to be honest with your life, to be honest with yourself. How have you treated people? What is the harm you've done to other people? How has your actions impacted those you love? Be honest with yourself about that. But then realize that there is a part of you that you have betrayed, that you did abandon, in order to be considered a man in this world, in order to one day be successful in this world, you gave up something. What was it that you gave up? And grieve the childhood that you did not have, the father that you didn't receive, the connection to that father that you didn't have, no matter what you tell yourself, that father wasn't, there's there's what's called an unfeeling father, right? Most of us have this unfeeling father to where they're not emotionally present, right? They're not teaching us anything that is truly valuable, like what I would call valuable, not some programming, right? To where this is how you be a man, operate in this way, follow the status quo, whatever it is. That's not value. It's not valuable. Anybody can teach me that. I can watch a couple movies and learn that same shit, It's not valuable. So we have to mourn the childhood that we didn't have. We have to learn to accept apologies we will never receive. And through that, hopefully reclaim and liberate those parts of ourselves that have been caged, that we did let go of. And through that, hopefully begin to find other men that are on this journey. To connect and build with men that are really genuine. That are connected to their authenticity. Like to find that level of brotherhood, to feel that sense of community that we did really long for and that we can have today. We have to give up a lot of things, the things that were never real to us, the things that never really served us in the beginning. So thank you so much for being a part of this episode today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you really enjoyed this episode and know somebody else that might enjoy it as well might resonate, feel free to share it with them. And if you enjoyed any of my recent episodes, feel free to leave a review. And I wish you all a beautiful day, a beautiful evening, and I'll see you on the next one. Peace.